Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello, and welcome to Bedtime Stories with R.A. Spratt. Today's story is Nanny Piggins and the Problem Cat. Nanny Piggins, Derek, Samantha and Michael were sunbathing in the backyard. They hadn't intended to sunbathe because, of course, sunbathing causes sunburn and cancer. And in Nanny Piggins' case, if the sun was really strong, it made her smell a little bit like bacon. But they didn't have much choice in the matter because Nanny Piggins had accidentally locked them out of the house. When I say accidentally, it wasn't much of an accident. Nanny Piggins had eaten the front door key. They were at the bakery when her key had fallen in the middle of a chocolate mousse. Nanny Piggins had seen it fall in. She knew it was her only house key, but she had instantly made the decision that it was more important for her to shove the entire chocolate mousse into her mouth immediately than it was for them to be able to gain access to their home. Now that they were at home, Nanny Piggins was seeing things in a different light. But the five litres of chocolate mousse in her stomach were allowing her to be philosophical, so they were all lying on the lawn in the backyard taking a nap while she decided what to do next. She was strongly leaning towards just kicking the door in. It was at this point that they heard the front doorbell ring. Somebody let them in, mumbled Nanny Piggins. How can we let someone else in, asked Derek. We're not in ourselves. It would be rude not to let them in, said Nanny Piggins, opening one eye. Why don't we just go round to the front of the house and say hello, suggested Samantha. Would I have to stand up, asked Nanny Piggins. Well, we're not carrying you, said Michael. Then I'd rather stay here, said Nanny Piggins, closing her eye again. What if it's a chocolate mousse salesman come to give us free samples, asked Samantha. She knew how to motivate her nanny. Nanny Piggins sprang to her trotters and sprinted around the house in world record time. The children hurried after her. If it was a chocolate mousse salesman, they didn't want to miss out either. But as they skidded around the side of the house and sighted who it was at the front door, they all immediately came to a halt, which involved slamming into the back of Nanny Piggins because she had slammed to a halt first. Standing at the front door were two men wearing high-visibility work clothes, type of thing you see worn by builders and council employees, but not the type of thing worn by door-to-door moose salesmen. Hello, said Nanny Piggins, which was charitable because her first impulse had been to demand, where's my moose? The men immediately whipped off their hard hats as a mark of respect. They had been told, warned about Nanny Piggins and knew she should be treated with great dignity. Good morning, Nanny Piggins, said the man in bright yellow. We're so glad you're home. We were wondering if you could help us. Help you do what? asked Nanny Piggins suspiciously. I'm happy to help you build a rocket or liberate a third world country from dictatorship, but I absolutely refuse to teach you my baking secrets. A pig must maintain her mystique. Oh, it's not that, Nanny Piggins, said the man in bright orange. We've got a problem with a cat, and we were told that you were the lady, I mean the pig, I mean I mean the lady pig, to see. Really? said Nanny Piggins. Cats aren't usually my area of expertise. The problem with this cat, said the man in yellow, is that it's up a tree. They often are, said Nanny Piggins, nodding wisely. Yeah, but this cat is an environmentalist and she's climbed up a tree we've got to cut down, said the man in orange. Nanny Piggins bristled. 
Why on earth would I help you cut down a tree? Trees are beautiful and magnificent. Yeah, but this one's rotten to the core, said the man in orange. It could fall down on someone at a moment's notice. And it's got giant seed pods that drop on people's heads, said the man in yellow. One clonked an old lady just last week. And it's right in the middle of the building site, said the man in orange. Building site for what? asked Nanny Piggins. The new marshmallow factory, said the man in yellow. Why didn't you say so earlier, said Nanny Piggins. This cat must be brought down immediately. The problem is it's a very high tree, said the man in orange. That's why we've come to see you, said the man in yellow. Because it's rotten, it's too dangerous for anybody to climb. So we were hoping you could blast yourself up there with a cannon. Everyone knows you're the world's greatest flying pig, said the man in orange. It's true, agreed Nanny Piggins. She was an honest pig. But what do you expect Nanny Piggins to do once she's at the top of the tree, asked Derek. Do you want her to wrestle with the cat, asked Michael. She's very good at wrestling. Well, that's true as well, agreed Nanny Piggins. In fact, I have my hot pink wrestling leotard on right now under this periwinkle blue twin set. Nanny Piggins started to remove her cardigan. Oh, no, nothing like that, said the man in yellow. Our occupational health and safety rules wouldn't allow you to do wrestling. They don't allow wrestling, but they do allow you to blast a pig out of a cannon, asked Samantha. They don't have any written rules about pigs and cannons, explained the man in orange. Let's go and have a look then, said Nanny Piggins. When they arrived, Nanny Piggins could see why the builders had called on her for help. It was an extremely tall tree, and it looked sick with brown drooping leaves and bedraggled branches. So where is this cat, asked Nanny Piggins. She tilted her head right back, trying to see the top of the tree. Up there, said the foreman in charge. She's too far up the tree to negotiate with. Pish, said Nanny Piggins. Don't they teach you voice projection at building school? They teach it on day one at the circus. The ability to yell loudly at people is a very important life skill that everyone should cultivate. Nanny Piggins took a step closer to the tree and demonstrated. Cat, what are your demands? Go away, called the cat from the top of the tree. Did you know that these workmen are going to plant 200 trees to replace this one? Hollered Nanny Piggins. We are, asked the foreman. Yes, you are, said Nanny Piggins firmly, before yelling to the treetop again. Did you also know that if you come down immediately, you'll be given a lifetime supply of marshmallows? Now, hang on about that, said the foreman. Do you want this cat down or not, snapped Nanny Piggins. Okay, okay, said the foreman. I'm not coming down, called the cat. Right then, said Nanny Piggins. That means I'm coming up. Where's Boris with his cannon? Here I am, Sarah, said Boris. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Boris, he is Nanny Piggins' brother. He is a ten-foot-tall ballet dancing bear from Russia. And at this point in the story, he was pushing a huge cannon across the building site. Goodness me, said Nanny Piggins. That one is a beauty. Yes, said Boris. The artillery commander said you have to be very careful not to use too much gunpowder or you might hit an aeroplane. Good tip. I'll watch out for that, said Nanny Piggins. Did you bring the butter? I'd better smear some all over me so I slide out of the cannon smoothly. Yes, Hans the baker lent me a whole ten-litre bucket of butter, said Boris. He even said we can keep the bucket. Such a good man, said Nanny Piggins. So Nanny Piggins smeared a thick layer of butter all over her twin set, which took longer than you might think because she kept eating the butter and having to use more. Then, with the help of a good hard shove from Boris, she wedged herself deep inside the barrel. Would you like me to fire it now, asked Boris. Mmm, 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 was the only noise they could hear from deep within the cannon. What did she say, asked Boris. I don't think she said anything, said Michael. I think she's just eating the butter again. You'd better fire it before she eats it all, said Derek. All right, said Boris. Cover your ears. One, two, go!
kaboom! Nanny Piggins shot out in a streak of blue, rocketing up into the sky. She went straight past the top of the tree and kept on hurtling towards the clouds. How much gunpowder did you use? asked Eric. I'm not sure, admitted Boris. I've never been very good at maths. Nanny Piggins disappeared from view for a few moments as she went up past the clouds. She's coming back, cried Michael. Nanny Piggins had burst through a cloud and was plummeting back towards the ground. What are you going to do? asked Samantha. Grab the cat on the way down? How will they both survive the fall? I'm sure Nanny Piggins knows what she's doing, said Boris. They could actually hear Nanny Piggins descending now. She was whistling through the air so fast. Then came the first crunch and crash as she hit the top branches. Watch out, cried the foreman as he grabbed the children and pulled them back and out of the way. Several branches crashed to the ground around them, but Nanny Piggins didn't hit the ground. She grabbed one of the top branches, luckily a comparatively healthy one, and spun around and around before plopping down right next to the cat. I can't believe she survived, said Samantha. Cats may have nine lives, said Boris, but pigs have five or six thousand. Hello, said Nanny Piggins, as she straightened her skirt and crossed her legs, trying to look as elegant and reasonable as possible for a pig who was covered in butter and had just crashed through several tree branches. I'm here to negotiate your release. What do you mean by release? asked the tabby cat, who looked rather bedraggled and windblown herself, having spent several hours at the top of the tree. I'm not being held hostage. No, agreed Nanny Piggins, but the tree is. What would it take for you to come down and allow these nice builders to reduce this dying tree to wood chips? Nothing, cried the cat. I won't do it. I won't come down. Nanny Piggins nodded. I admire an animal with principles, but have you thought this through? You're a long way up this tree. Did you bring supplies? Did you bring water? Did you bring a woolly cardigan? Because it's going to get cold tonight. I didn't bring anything, wailed the cat. Really, asked Nanny Piggins. I'm fairly impetuous, but even I would not climb a tree like this without bringing along a chocolate bar for sustenance. I know. Have you arranged with a local baker to do an airdrop? Nanny Piggins looked up at the sky to see if there were any approaching helicopters. I haven't made any arrangements at all, sobbed the cat. Then this is a very poorly thought through protest, said Nanny Piggins. I suppose Santa might drop something off you when he flies by, but it's months until Christmas. This isn't an environmental protest, whispered the cat. I just said that to the builders because I hoped it would make them go away. You're not protesting, said Nanny Piggins. Then why are you up here? I was chasing a bird, (laughs) wept the cat. You've got to understand that when I chase a bird, I lose my mind. I become totally consumed with the idea of sticking that delicious, delectable bird in my mouth. I entirely understand, said Nanny Piggins. I feel the same way about chocolate. So when the bird flew up into this tree, I just followed it without thinking, continued the cat. The bird went up and up, and I followed higher and higher. When I got to the top, the bird just flew off into the sky. It was only then I realised I was 50 metres off the ground. Well, why don't you just climb down again, asked Nanny Piggins. Because I'm a cat, said the cat. I think we're all aware of that, said Nanny Piggins. No, I mean I have cat claws, said the cat. Most cats do, said Nanny Piggins. But cat claws only hook one way, explained the cat, so they can hook into bark and pull me up. But if I turn around and try to go down, they just drop out and I fall. And you don't want to do that? Nanny Piggins had to check because she had often fallen much further than 50 metres with no noticeable health problems. But she had excellent bone density due to all the dairy food, chocolate in her diet. I just want to be at home on my owner's lap in front of the fire, sticking my claws into their leg every time they try to turn the page of their book, sobbed the cat. 
I can see how that would be fun, mused Nanny Piggins, although she was imagining sticking something much sharper and more painful into Mr. Green's thighs, perhaps a kebab skewer. Never mind, I know how we can get you down. Let me have a word with the builders. Nanny Piggins leaned forwards and called down. Builders, I need you to bring me a lifetime supply of marshmallows immediately. Now, producing a lifetime supply of marshmallows at short notice is not actually as easy as you might think. But the builders were resourceful men, and the marshmallow manufacturers really wanted their new factory built. So just 40 minutes later, a huge articulated truck pulled into the building site. Where do you want them? The foreman called up to Nanny Piggins. Just dump them at the base of the tree, yelled Nanny Piggins. It's not like Nanny Piggins to purposely drop food on the floor, said Boris. The truck was unloaded and soon there was a mountain of marshmallows sitting at the base. It was a very pretty sight. The marshmallows were a selection of white and pink. They looked soft and fluffy and delicious. Yum, said Michael. How are marshmallows going to help me get out of the tree, asked the cat. Do you trust me, asked Nanny Piggins. No, said the cat. Very wise, said Nanny Piggins. Never trust circus folk. With that, she crash-tackled the cat, knocking them both out of the tree. Meow! screamed the cat. Yippee! yelled Nanny Piggins. They plummeted down, smashing through the dead branches and wilted leaves before, boing, they hit the marshmallows, sprang back up again and landed on a branch 30 metres off the ground. Oh dear, said Nanny Piggins, that didn't work quite as well as I hoped it would. I thought we would land on the marshmallows, we could eat a few thousand each, then we could get on with our days. I didn't expect us to bounce. You tried to kill me, wailed the cat. No, I tried to get you out of a tree, said Nanny Piggins. Death was only one of the many possible outcomes, and we are a lot closer to the ground now. We're still 30 metres from the ground, exclaimed the cat. True, said Nanny Piggins. We'll just have to jump again. No, cried the cat. You're quite right, said Nanny Piggins. We'll just bounce up here again. We need to remove some of the marshmallows. Nanny Piggins leaned over and called out to Boris. Boris, I need you to eat half the marshmallows. Really, said Boris. There are quite a lot there. A lifetime supply, in fact. It's only a lifetime supply for a cat, said Nanny Piggins. That's just a light snack for a healthy, growing bear with an active lifestyle. Boris blushed at the compliment. I'll do my best, said Boris. He leapt into the pile of marshmallows, completely disappearing beneath the white and pink sugar puffs. The children couldn't see what he was doing, but they could hear it. There were the low, guttural sounds of a fully grown Kodiak bear devouring his food. Done, called Boris eventually. Thank you, called Nanny Piggins before turning to the cat. Right, time to jump again. But I don't want to, wailed the cat. Of course you don't, said Nanny Piggins, as she launched herself at the cat, knocking her out of the tree. And so their afternoon continued. Boris would eat the marshmallows, then Nanny Piggins would knock the cat off a branch. Nanny Piggins and the cat would bounce back up, but slightly lower each time. And the cycle continued until at last Nanny Piggins and the cat were sitting on just a half a dozen marshmallows on the ground. Boris, meanwhile, had collapsed into a sugar-induced coma, his favourite type of coma to fall into. The team of builders stood around staring at Nanny Piggins in awe. This is the part where you say thank you, prompted Nanny Piggins. Uh, thank you, said the foreman. Obviously, you'll want to pay me for my hard work, continued Nanny Piggins. We will, said the foreman. Ow! He yelled as Nanny Piggins gave him a stamp on the foot. Oh, yes, of course, we will. I will accept payment in the form of a lifetime supply of marshmallows, announced Nanny Piggins. But we've already given you one lifetime supply of marshmallows, protested the foreman. But I didn't get to eat them, said Nanny Piggins. Come to think of it, neither did the cat. So you owe us two lifetime supplies. Oh, I'm not sure, said the foreman. Really, said Nanny Piggins, narrowing her eyes. That's fine. 
It would be no trouble for me to use the cannon to put this cat back in the tree. What? cried the cat. We'll get it here immediately, cried the foreman as he ran off to call his employer. The end. Thank you for listening. To support this podcast, just go to your local bookstore or favourite online bookseller and buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There's lots to choose from across the Nanny Piggins, Friday Barnes and Pesky Kids series. Thank you for listening and see you next time. <laughs>